For those of you who are guests here today and we didn't get a chance to shake your hand yet, we're really glad you're here. As Pastor Mark said a while ago, my name is Doug DeMint and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Grace Assembly. And you have come on an exciting day. Today we are having a preview service of an initiative that we're calling a glorious future. And if you have your Bibles with you or your smartphones have the Bible app, you can take those out. And if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, I want to share with you a couple of verses that are going to act like a springboard for us into some thoughts that are taking place here for us today. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Some of you may have these on posters on your wall or artwork because it's such a powerful set of verses. But the scripture describes, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Oh, hallelujah. Father, as we approach your word this morning and as we approach this time, we recognize that we are dependent upon the anointing of your Holy Spirit, the enabling of your Spirit, the unction of your Holy Spirit, that we might capture the truth that you desire us to have, that we might begin to apply those things to our life, and that, Lord, today as we begin to take a peek into the future of some of the things that you have for us, that you would begin to awaken our soul in brand new ways to the possibilities of what you want to do in us and through this church. And so, Lord, we offer you this time this morning and ask that you would just allow the imagination of the Holy Spirit to flow through us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk to you about a preview of the path that we are taking to see our new home church become a reality. It's one thing to have a dream and enthusiasm, and they are both very, very important. It's another thing when the dreams and the enthusiasm that we have begins to take shape in the form of a plan that we feel God beginning to lead us in. The enthusiasm begins to ramp up even more when we recognize that the fingers of God are at work in the things that are taking place. Today I want to introduce you to an initiative that we are calling A Glorious Future. You're going to learn more about the details as we move through the fall season, but today I just want to whet your appetite a little bit. A glorious future is an opportunity for everyone in this church to partner with God in prayer, to partner with God financially, to see a new ministry's headquarters uh, take place and become a reality for us. And we will take this journey together, and then on November the 11th, at the end of a series of messages that I'm going to begin in October, we are going to have a celebration service that I believe is going to blow the doors off this place as we begin to rejoice together at what God is doing and how we respond. I know Grace Assembly, and I know that each one of you will do your best to help this vision move forward. Imagination is a wonderful thing. In fact, as you begin to think about it, the smartphones that you carry in your pockets and in your purses were just somebody's imagination just a few years ago. 
Somebody was trying to dream up the way that you could be connected in all these ways. In fact, I have a brother-in-law that works in, in that technology business in California. And I remember a number of years ago, uh, I asked him, what kind of project are you working on? He goes, you're not going to believe this, brother. He says, we are working on ways that your phone will become a camera. And I remember when he told me that, I'm thinking, what in the world does anybody need a phone that becomes a camera for? I just remember thinking how outlandish that sounded to me. And today we look at that and how things have changed because of the imagination of people that begin to take technology and work it together. And when we, we begin to read about all of the things that the imagination of the Holy Spirit granted to mankind has begun to give to us, we begin to see in brand new ways that we have an imaginative God and His power is at work within us. And I believe that because of the imagination of God, the imagination that God has given to each of us, because he put it there, in this life we must tap the creativity that God has given us for his good. A little over a year ago, in fact it was last summer, earlier in the summer in 2017, I stood before you and I preached a message called Imagine With Me. And here are some of the things that I shared a year ago to our congregation as I begin to think about what the future of Grace Assembly would look like. I stated this, I imagine Grace Assembly of God as a place where the love of God is expressed in a friendly handshake and a hug when you enter into this building, a place where there's a sense of God's presence and anticipation as one is seated, where we participate in worship that is vibrant and God-honoring. I imagine Grace Assembly is a place where people enthusiastically join in unleashing praise from within and a life-giving response from our God who inhabits the praises of his people. I imagine a church where the congregants come and know that they will receive a fresh word from God presented from his word in a form that is a relatable way to their life and learning style presented in Pentecostal fervor. I imagine a church where the gifts of the Holy Spirit are functioning in scriptural guidelines, and the church is gripped by the supernatural knowledge and power of God. I imagine altars that are full of people as they come to find their needs are met in the Savior, Jesus Christ. I imagine altar workers that are willing to pray and believe for salvation, healing, deliverance, and for those who respond to Jesus Christ. I imagine a church where our people are passionately in love with Jesus, and it's demonstrated in the way that we treat each other. I imagine a congregation that is fluent in the gospel and that are unafraid and unashamed to speak of their testimony in the marketplace. I imagine a church where every believer is spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, and spirit-led to participate in the last day's revival that is promised to us in Scripture. I imagine a church that joins forces with other churches who are followers of Jesus Christ and that in unity we are impacting our culture and our community by living out the good news in our neighborhoods. I imagine a church where every believer lives on mission. I imagine a church that where we are so deeply in love with the Lord and each other that we actually do put others first and compassionately touch those who are hurting and hopeless. I imagine a children's ministry that reaches hundreds of children on a weekly basis. 
I imagine a youth ministries that helps students navigate the turbulence of adolescence with biblical truth and in biblical community. I imagine a Just Friends ministry that is growing and reaching so many of our community's lonely and isolated seniors that the lower level of our church won't be able to hold them all. I imagine God birthing new ministries that we haven't even thought of yet because he's still at work developing them in our imagination. I imagine a church where you don't just attend here but that there is 100% participation as you find your place in the body of Christ. I imagine Grace Assembly in a constant state of growth because people are willing to invite their family and their friends and their neighbors knowing that when they get here, they're going to enter into a place where they will hear about Jesus and have an opportunity where their lives can be transformed. I imagine what the people of Grace Assembly of God would be known for in the community when we have a church like this. I imagine that when they see you, they will know that you are empowered, that you are anointed, that you are equipped, that you are passionate, devoted, loving, courageous, and spirit-filled followers of Jesus Christ that are unashamed of the gospel and willing to share it with others. That was a year ago that we shared about what we could imagine. Now let me tell you what one year has done for us. A year later, today I see people who have proven that they want to make a difference in the lives of others. I see how hard so many of you work every Sunday. Our children's church workers are here and faithful and they have two services on Sunday just like we do and they work so hard to prepare. I see our music team that comes in early on Sundays, and I love walking back and forth across the altar as they're practicing, and I have my own worship service by myself as they're working just to set the stage. Let me tell you something. Before you ever walk in here, the presence of the Lord has already prepared this place. I see our audiovisual teams that are working and our service directors that are trying to make sure that when you enter into this place that there will be no distractions to what the Lord wants to say to you. I want you to know that we have a church board and a pastoral staff that is talented and in unity. I love going to our board meetings when we gather together with those men and women, the families, and we have a heartbeat for our community, and it's in unity that we say, Lord, wherever you lead, we will say yes, because we don't want to miss what you are doing, and I'm thankful for the talented people that serve alongside me as staff pastors at our church. If you were to come on a Wednesday evening, I would tell you that you would see the full effort of so many people who are working hard on Wednesdays for our boys and our girls and our youth and our adults. I see them downstairs in preparation and anticipation after many of them working long, hard days because they recognize that the effort that they put forth for our kids will bring eternal results. I see the leadership and core team that ministers every Thursday to our Just Friends Fellowship, which is to the seniors of our community. If you could see them when they come in on Thursday mornings and they gather together, it's a wonderful sight. I see the people and the college students that are able to be a part of our church family because we have a van ministry. 
Because we have people that are willing to give up time and serve God and go out and drive vans and go to the colleges and the neighborhoods and bring them in. We get calls all the time and our church is growing because there are people that want to be in the presence of the Lord but don't have a way to get here if it wasn't for the vans. I see the investment of Dr. Lydia Buza and the work that she puts forth every day in the lives of those who need godly counsel and I am so thankful for her gift. I see the way that people are greeted by all of those of you who work in our hospitality and our greeting ministry and our ushers, that when they come in the door, instantly they are made to feel at home and welcomed into the church for the very first time. I'm so thankful for those of you who make sure that this church is clean and you put forth the hours to make sure that when people come in that they can see that the house of the Lord is honored here because we have a place that's clean and a building that's safe and well-maintained. And we have people... Some of you that have attended this church for years, that have trusted in the Lord, and many, many, many years you have been faithful in giving financially to this church, just so that you could see the days in which we are living right now, that there is an answer to your prayers, and that your faithfulness is being rewarded. And if you look around, I'm sure that you can see what's happening at Grace Assembly. Every week... We are seeing new people come to church. In fact, our five-minute meet and greet is no longer an adequate amount of time to hunt all you new people down to shake your hands. In fact, it is insufficient to reach all of you. But let me tell you from what I see up here. I can tell you that they're responding to the Word of God. That they're hungry to hear what God wants to say. Not only that, but... Those who are coming as our guests, they are staying. And they have found a place where they are comfortable, inviting their friends because they recognize that God is doing something in their spirit and they're feeling drawn to make this place home. I can tell you last week, out of the eight people that responded to Christ in the second service, seven of them were first-time visitors to the house of the Lord. If you recognize... At our Sunday services, parking is an issue. I am thankful for a partnership with a business across the street that the cider mill that they intentionally do not open for lunch on Sunday mornings just so that we can have about 30 extra parking spots. So they value the friendship that we have and then they get to use our lot during the rest of the week. I'm thankful for partnerships that value one another and I'm so thankful for that. If you come on Wednesday evenings, what you see is that we are over capacity. When I watch the students come lining up to get registered for their classes and I walk down the halls, our girls' ministries are overflowing. They can't fit in the rooms that they have. Our boys and the Royal Rangers are stuck in every little room. They're not even together because we have to find places for them. Closets have become classrooms and storage is an issue here. We've had 16 hours of meetings with our architect, and after meeting with all of our department or lead, departmental leaders, the two men that we have met with said, we want to come on a Wednesday night and see this place because we can't believe the things that we are hearing as it relates to how you do ministry in this building with the numbers of people and kids that you're ministering to. We are seeing unprecedented numbers of people in our membership classes and the need for greater help in one-on-one discipleship. We no longer can host community events at this location because the turnout is too great. 
the last trunk or treat that we had, we had almost 2,000 people here. We only had two bathrooms available. Bad news. Fire inspector came walking through with me and he says, Pastor, you know, you're way out of compliance. He says, if my grandkids weren't having such a good time, I'd close you down. <laughs> he says, this will be taken care of by 11 o'clock tonight, won't it? I said, yes. There are times that we feel like the Apostle Peter when Jesus told him to throw out the net on the other side of the boat. And when he did, he had so many fish that he couldn't even bring them in himself. Folks, we are at a key moment of history that is challenging us to push forward and advance his kingdom. In very real terms, the decision that we have made to move to McDonald Road will mean that more people will come to know Jesus. It will make a difference in the roles of heaven, and nothing else matters but that. I want you to realize something. We have prayed for a moment just like this. When we decided to partner with God and he began to move, I want you to know we don't have to manufacture the move of God. He's moving. And all he asks is that we lift our sails and catch what the Spirit of God is doing and begin to move with what he's doing. So what is a glorious future? I want you to know that as we enter into it, there is no other place that I would rather be than leading a church that knows how to say yes to God. Recognizing that when he leads and asks us to respond and we say yes, that there will be things take place that will be uh, beyond our ability to understand. I find the timing of our glorious future really, really interesting. For those of you that attend our church regularly, in January we just celebrated our 100th birthday. We had an opportunity to look back and have so many people that have entered into ministry that have come back and we got to, a chance to reconnect with them. But I have to tell you something. I don't mind celebrating what God has done, but I'm so glad that our God doesn't look back. He's looking forward and he's moving us. I didn't come to look back. I've come to follow the God that says, follow me and where my spirit goes and I will lead you into new lands. This generation... Our generation will make eternity-changing decisions if we will walk into the future that God has for us. A glorious future is our response in a very tangible way. Our response that says, we believe in what's God, what God is doing, and we believe that if we will join Him in that, that He will use us in brand new ways. And here's what you need to know. In truth, we're not doing this for us. We're not going to build a new church for us. We're not making decisions that are going to benefit us because when you get a church that does that, they begin to slip into a mentality of maintaining and surviving, and we are not a maintaining and surviving type of church. We are doing this because we believe that the next generation deserves the right to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ in full Pentecostal power. I was challenged to produce an elevator speech, which is what it was called, that if I were on an elevator and I had five floors of an elevator to tell somebody exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it. So let me read to you my elevator speech, and I, I want you to know that this is a very slow elevator. <laughs> You've been on some of those. Here's the worthy cause, why we're doing this. We believe that God has a glorious future for Grace Assembly. 
The vision of our church is to pursue every heart with the love of Jesus locally to globally. We are experiencing spiritual health demonstrated by you, God's people, living in his power and fulfilling his purpose. As a result, we have outgrown our current facility. The land that we have purchased by a unanimous vote of our membership will provide us greater potential to take advantage of emerging ministry opportunities to influence more of our community. Our goal is to see new doors of cooperation open in civic and academic partnerships. It's our desire to see our new ministry headquarters become a gathering place for our community. The McDonald Road property gives us greater access to partnerships with our local government and law enforcement, as well as the possibility of collaboration with OCC and Syracuse University and our students for ministries and potential internships. Through miraculous provision, Grace Assembly will still find itself in the center of the communities that God has called us to serve. New opportunities for our community include before and after school programs, preschools, continuing education programs, and a safe place for families to gather. We are certain that there will be new ministries we haven't even imagined yet as we take this step of faith. We feel that God has enabled us to reach our diverse community of families and individuals from all backgrounds to find a place where they will be loved, valued, embraced while being taught God's wonderful plan for their lives. And we are a community of hope, welcoming people home. I invite you to join us in this marvelous journey of faith as we all have a part to play in obedience to God. Together we will follow God's lead, and together we will enter into our glorious future. Oh, hallelujah. We are in a moment of history that very few people and very few churches ever get to experience. This is a watershed moment. I have come to understand a new meaning in my life to Psalm 37, 23, when it says, Our steps are ordered by God. Our steps are ordered by God. Let me quickly encapsulate to you some things that have taken place over these last eight and a half years that has led us to this place. Pastor John Wynn, a number of years ago when I was candidating, talked to me about what the church condition was as I was entering in, and he said, we are primed for a moving of the Holy Spirit. In fact, many times throughout that time, he's come to me and said, I am seeing in my spirit an outpouring of God that I feel is a prophetic word that's coming for Grace Assembly. I know something's about to happen because I've seen it in my heart, and I know that the church is ready for this season. It was a moment that I was asking for direction for in my life. Just before Cindy and I came here, I remember saying to God, I'm at a season of my life, Lord, where I am ready to see what you can do through us. I'm tired of seeing what you've done through other people. I want to see what you can do through us, oh God. So plant us in a place where we can do that. About three years into being pastor here, I'm an impatient person. And I begin to grow a little frustrated that things weren't happening faster than they were. And I begin to talk to the Lord about, Lord, have I really heard from you? Is this really what you want? And about that time, Denise Harris comes to me and she goes, I had you on my heart all week. She goes, I felt like the Spirit of the Lord began to just lay some things on my heart. And, and I hope that you'll receive this. And she gives me a letter that she wrote me. And in that, she said, I feel the Lord saying to you that if you will just plant yourself, if you'll just plant yourself, God wants to do things greater than what you have imagined. And if you will do that, the Lord promises you, you will never be bored.
Shortly after that, Debbie Sadal began to talk to me as she was doing some studies and discovered that there were some historic prophecies over 100 years old about an outpouring in the Syracuse area on this side of town that would begin to reach out and touch this whole area. And she said, don't you think that maybe we can be a part of that? And I'm thinking, maybe it's going to start here. But whatever God has seen, we want to be a part of that. Shortly after that, I sat with a key influencer in our church parking lot. And one morning we sat there together and this man looked at me and he says, Pastor, if you put this church anywhere else in town but this location, you won't be able to keep the people from our community from coming here. We searched for every possible solution that would be quicker because I'm not a patient person. We begin to look when we were invited perhaps to merge with another organization that had a facility that was being underutilized. And we thought, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where God's leading us. And so as a leadership team, we begin to uh, talk and, and discuss and pray if perhaps this was it. And as we got farther into that, we begin to recognize that there was a different vision and a different plan that didn't quite fit with us. And God began to close that door for His glory. But what it did was spark our imagination that maybe God was leading us into something new. And so we begin to look at existing buildings that were in our community. And we begin to look at them through eyes of, is this possible that we could take this building and turn it into something that would be fashioned well for our ministries? And every time we would look, the door would begin to close. We even looked at a school building that was being sold, thinking, you know what, it's not perfect, but maybe we can do something with this. I even went and talked to a church that I knew was closing its doors on West Genesee Street to talk to them about, is there any way that you might be able to consider selling us this land? And as we looked at it, it was going to be a million dollars worth of investment to tear down what they had and get the permits before we'd ever gotten anything started. And then the property was only half the size of what we needed. And so we began to recognize that God was narrowing the focus and that the only door that was left for us was to begin to look for a piece of property that we could start with. So we began to search. And while we found a piece of property on Velasco Road that interests us, we called the real estate agent there and asked that they would send us information. And Tom, as he, Tom Ward, as he responded to them, what they sent back to him was not information on the piece that we had asked about, but a piece that we didn't even know was for sale. There were no signs on it and nobody knew anything about it. I remember Tom saying, hey, this, this looks like it might be in a right area for us. And we went and saw it and we began to recognize that maybe God had been holding this for us. In fact, there had been building developers that had bought that and sold that land through the years. But because the bedrock was so high, they couldn't build basements in the home. And as a result of that, didn't feel it would be worthwhile or profitable for them. And so they just held on to it until God said, it's time for us. And I remember the day... We were meeting at Tom Ward's house when, as a board, we decided that we believed that this is where God was leading us. And through a unanimous vote, we voted to pursue this and bring it to you as a congregation. And I remember walking in that Sunday morning with the anticipation of, I can't wait to talk to you about this. And I came down the center aisle. Carol Watkins grabbed my arm. And she says, Pastor, I've got a verse for you today. And I said, what is it? She says, the Lord gave me this to share with you. He says, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then she says, does that mean anything to you? I was shaking as I said, maybe. We had a business meeting 
where people were asking questions and things were taking place. And then a 90-year-old Verna Cox stands up in the back of our church. And she says, let me tell you a story. 11 years ago, I moved into a home, and as I was standing there after moving in, I looked out my front door, and the Spirit of the Lord began to come upon me and say to me, I want you to look, because from the place where you're looking at, I am going to bring a revival that will change this whole area. She goes, I want you to know that it's going to be the center. From there, the fingers of God are going to move out across this valley and across this city, and things are going to change. And she says, I'm looking at that, and I have no idea what that means. How many of you know sometimes God gives you a vision and it takes years before you begin to understand what it means? She says, you want to know the fascinating thing? Today we're voting on a piece of property that I look out of my window and I see directly across the street. God had prepared her for 11 years to see what God was doing in that moment of time as God was preparing us for that. Shortly after that, I looked up and I see Anne-Marie Chiz look at me and she says, no more discussion, it's time to vote. And by a unanimous vote of this membership that was present that day, we purchased that land with cash. I had a family that is a part of our church that came up to me and said, Pastor, we just want you to know that we're not in favor of this move. We don't know why everything always has to be bigger and better. We kind of like things the way they are. We love you, but we're just not in favor of this. And I said, that's okay. You just keep loving me and God will work out all the rest. They came to me a few weeks ago and said, you're not going to believe what happened. They said, in the middle of the night, Jesus showed up in our room. And I said, what does that look like? And he goes, it was kind of scary. He says, because his presence, literally, I felt like I was being electrocuted. And he said, Jesus told my wife and I exactly what we were supposed to give in this campaign. And I told Jesus, but we're not in favor of this. He goes, I don't care. This is how much you're supposed to give. He says, I don't want to be electrocuted by Jesus anymore, so we're all on board <laughs> with what's going on. I look at all of this, and here's what I say to you this morning. You cannot tell me that God is not orchestrating this move at this moment in time for his glory. So here's what I want you to know today. This initiative it's not starting today. I simply wanted to give you a preview of the exciting things that are going to be taking place this fall. In fact, a month from now, I plan on starting a five-week focus on a glorious future. And that at the end of that time, on November the 5th, Sunday, November, or excuse me, Sunday, November the 11th, we are going to have a celebration Sunday that I believe is going to be a moment that launches this rocket right to where God wants to take it. There are things happening here that only God can do. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it with you. I want to introduce to you this morning the uh, leadership team that's going to be handling things with us as we do this glorious future. I recognize that the director of this initiative is Ron Hill, one of our deacons, and, and he is not here because he is busy with the van ministry. We need more help in the van ministry. Just, just throwing that out there for you. But Ron is not here, but our promotions and creative director and I'm going to ask these people to come to the front as I call their name is Kim Venuti and Amy and Nate Holliday our special events coordinator our director is, is Georgina Stanton our prayer directors pastors Larry and Sharon Frank the director of the ministry to the children through all of this will be pastor Julie 
Our youth are going to have a part, and that will be led by Pastor Mark. And then our administrative and communications director is Pastor Jeff. I'm going to ask that you please come. And as they stand here, would you give them a round of applause for being willing just to jump in? Amen. Now, since you clapped, that means to me that you're all in in this. So here's, here's the thing. They all need teams and are going to be approaching you to help in some different areas and be a part of this. And so I want you to practice saying this with me. Say, yes. Yes. See how easy that is? That's an easy word. Just practice it because as they approach you, we will need your help. Would you just extend a hand to them as I ask God's blessing over their lives? Father, we recognize, we recognize that you are a God that uses people's talents and abilities for your glory. And I ask that every one of these people who represent a director over a different part of this initiative, that you would fill their hearts and their minds and their spirits with brand new imagination and the energy given by the Holy Spirit to initiate that which you place upon their hearts. Lord, you have given our church many wonderful gifts and talents, and so we ask that you would anoint them, and may the effervescence of your love bubble through everything that we do so that people can see this isn't just about a building. It's about souls, and we love people. And so, Father, I ask that you would bless them as they work in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I'm going to ask the worship team to please come. There was a card, a very colorful card, sitting on the seat when you got here this morning. I would like you to take that card for a minute. It's called a first step card. The reason that I want you to take this today, and in just a moment I'll give you some, some instruction on what I want you to do with it, is because I believe that when you pray for things, God goes ahead of you and begins to do a work. We cannot accomplish this without prayer. By the way, our prayer meetings are starting up again tonight from 6 to 7. Can't wait to see all of you there. Because we're going to pray to see what God wants to accomplish. But on this card, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to fill it out because at the top there's three boxes that says, I'm committed that I will pray for God's blessing upon a glorious future. I'm committed that I will pray for the next month about my financial commitment, and I'm committed that I will make every effort to attend a glorious future series. Here's what I'm going to ask you. I recognize that there's a lot of things that can take you out of church on a Sunday morning, but would you commit, would you just commit that nothing will be more important to me than being here every Sunday during that series? God is going to do some magnificent things in your lives if you'll just avail yourself. Now, I recognize today that people consider that being faithful to church means they come twice out of every eight weeks. I want you to know we believe a little different than that. I eat way more than that a day. I need spiritual food more than that. So would you be faithful and commit yourself that you will be a part of this as we do this? I'm going to ask our worship team to lead us in song, and as they do, there's a pen in the seat in front of you. I'd like you to take that, and I'd like you to fill out your name and your signature and your email. I want you to check the boxes that you need, and at the end of this song, I'm going to come up and tell you what to do, but we're going to keep a little part of that, and you're going to keep a little part of that card. But would you take a moment right now?
as our worship team sings, and would you begin to fill that card out? Thank you.